Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones, and this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Welcome, everyone, to another Church Planner podcast. This is Pete Mitchell, and my uh, little buddy, Peyton Jones, is not with us today. I've got a special guest, though. Peyton is half on vacation and half working. He's been up in Bend, Oregon the last couple of weeks. Uh, Last week's Church Planner podcast, we have Dave Thompson on. That's uh, one of the church plants that Peyton was uh, helping get started I guess it was a couple of years ago now, and uh, so half that week he was working up there with those guys. He did a men's conference, and then uh, this week he's kind of on vacation. In fact, yesterday he commented because we spoke on the phone. He goes, "It's weird. I'm. It's weird not talking to you every day." Meaning uh, to me, in fact, I think the only reason why we were able to have that conversation is his wife Andrea and his daughter Libby were in the store, and he'd like broke away for a couple minutes just to uh, do a quick follow-up phone call with me. But that's where where Peyton is this week. But on the podcast, I'm really excited because we've got Chris Langham. And Chris, uh, welcome to the podcast, and I'm grateful that you got to be here with us. Hey, thanks so much, Pete. It's uh, it's great to be here and uh, sort of filling in in Peyton's shoes a little bit. Uh, Peyton and I actually go way way back. He baptized me some years ago, and uh, and I love doing ministry with that guy. So this is exciting for me. And I think there's like a running theme that almost everyone, with the exception of like Dave Thomas, has to be bald in order to work with Peyton. I don't know what's up with that, but uh, you're you're another yeah, you guy that see, could you can't be see his it twin. Here, but uh, Peyton and I both ha- have the glow. We, we're part of the brotherhood. <laughs> you're part of the brotherhood. Well, uh, Chris, to, to get us. St- yeah, to get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit uh, about your story? Um, did you grow up in a Christian family? Did you not grow up in a Christian family? How did you get saved? Let's let's start at that point. And I know we're going to cover some really great and interesting things that you're up to and what you're doing, but I want to give everyone that background knowledge of how you got started uh, in, in your walk with God and in, in your faith. 
Well, the Lord met me. I was uh, I grew up in a church, uh, not compelled by it or connected with it in any real sort of way, uh, other than that I had met my wife in a church play, and that was uh, fantastic. Well, and as, as a teenager, in fact. But uh, but the two of us were were both church kids, but not very interested church kids. I considered myself agnostic. I was studying to be an engineer down in San Diego, and uh, I basically avoided uh, church type people or, or anybody holding a Bible. I wasn't really antagonistic towards them. I was just uninterested. And the Lord met me in my car uh, through radio. I really connect with. Uh, the Ethiopian on the road who uh, who met with uh, who ran into Philip while he was driving, because God showed up through radio and it was the teaching of the word on the radio. I was down in San Diego. I spent a lot of time on the road. I lived a good ways away from the school I was going to at UC San Diego, and we would go to, to church every Sunday morning um, just to to be a part of it. But we weren't really connected with it, wasn't, weren't a part of it. We'd party on Saturday night. We were rave kids. I would rave Saturday nights, church Sunday morning, and school during the week. But at some point, uh, for some reason, a conviction came that we should listen to church music on the way to church. And so I, I tuned the radio, and I found some boring music and realized quickly it was church music. And uh, I pre-programmed that station. It was sort of just a religious thing to do. But during the week, I would drive a couple hours a day, and when I'd go through my preset stations, I found that there was Bible teaching on that radio station, and it was compelling in a way that I'd never heard before. And the Lord showed up and spoke to me and started answering my questions. He met me where I was at. He answered my questions about science in the Bible, and I was amazed at the evidence of God that I'd never heard before. I was really stunned by the the power of the Word and finding the accuracy of the Word, and most of all, finding that the Word of God was speaking to me. And uh, a little while later, I was uh, on my knees in my bedroom uh, saying a prayer of salvation with a fellow on the radio, and that was uh, that was K-Wave, 107.9 was the radio station, and I, the radio was my Bible college and where I, I heard from the Lord on a daily basis and really grew. And so Technology and uh, and the gospel and Bible teaching are really ingrained into to who I am and my story. And I've been gung ho to follow the Lord wholeheartedly since the day I was saved, and that was back in about 1996. So uh, I'm still here serving the Lord. I've had quite an adventure since then. I've been a youth pastor for eight years. I love youth ministry. God called me out to Mississippi to uh, be a part of a church plant in South Mississippi out of hurricane relief. And while I was there, God stirred up an idea that had been brewing since the time I was a youth pastor back here in Huntington Beach about a a daily Bible study in audio format. And uh, that is uh, one of my primary ministries today is a, a, a mobile app called Through the Word. And it's a daily Bible study. And, and of course, I'll tell you some more about that. But that is <laughs> that's my long story in a very short version. Now, let me just ask you, uh, believe me, I I can totally relate to growing up in the church, um, though I wouldn't have considered myself an agnostic uh, by any means. I had a very real experience with God when when I was five years old. I shared that actually on our very first podcast. But I can understand growing up in the church and not yet still feeling that, that connection um, you know, one of the things that, that I've commented on many a time is that the church has always bored me. 
and not right. God necessarily, but the church itself. Uh, I find it uh, actually. I don't at our current church. I I, I absolutely love uh, being involved in a church plant. It's just uh, it to me. It's exciting. I finally get to actually see. Um, the Bible play out in real world time, mm. if you will, as opposed to just uh, you know going to a church and hearing a, a, a guy preach. In fact, I, I can remember very clearly when I was in high school, um, a buddy of mine. We'd both gone to the same church for years, and we went. And we visited some other church. I don't know what it was, and and I remember him saying, you know, don't you think it should just be you know three songs, get to the message, get us out of here, <laughs> like it was. We we didn't want to stay there very long. We we didn't want you know this idea of of worship. Uh, certainly nothing like what we've got at Refuge Long Beach, where you know very often they will stop in the middle of the scene just to let people uh, share what's going on in their lives and and pray uh, and and things like that. So I mean, it's a very different atmosphere. So I totally get that. But let me ask you this. You said that you met your wife. As things started to play out and change for you in your life, how did were you already married at that point, or were you dating her, or how, how did that all work? Well, I, I praise God for for my love story, for the story of my bride and I. We are a unique one. We were both. Uh, we were 16 and 14 when we started going out. So we were high school sweethearts, and uh, which is a little scary because my oldest daughter is 15 now, so she's right in the middle. <laughs> and to, to think about that really amazes me. But we met in a church play, like I said. And church, for, for me, was uh, it was community. It was get-together. I liked that we did plays, and that was fun. There was nothing about the, the truth there that was shared that was very compelling. And the the style of church that it was, there was a lot of wonderful things about church. And before I say anything, I should say when I first came away from church, when I was first saved, we actually became a Christian. I at at first really kind of uh, challenged my uh, church before that and wondered why were they not teaching me the Bible? This Bible is phenomenal, and why did I not hear these things in church? And that was a, a strange experience to uh, to go through. But uh, at first, it was very prideful. It was re- it was really not healthy the way my attitude at the time. Uh, it was accurate to some extent, but a conviction came to me as uh, I would sometimes badmouth my old church that um, I was talking about the bride of Christ, and however uh, unhealthy or out of shape the the bride of Christ might be, that I should not mess with Jesus' bride. And uh, now, to a large extent. The uh, you know the youth group that that I grew up at I don't think there was a single believer in there and so I would not say that they were the bride of Christ but within that church there were believers and uh, and God really set my heart with a love for His church. That being said, I, uh, I I in no way want to badmouth the church. I want to build up the church. I want to reach the church. I want to encourage and equip the church. I want to bring life back into the church where there is not. And in the church that I was at, I did not sense life. It, it wasn't interesting. It wasn't compelling. Um, I literally, I remember uh, there wasn't a lot of Bible teaching, and I'm very much hooked on the Bible now. I remember sitting in a church pew as a kid, maybe second grade, and uh, and I remember I there was Bibles in the church pews. We didn't open them very often, but they were there. And so I was bored, and I, I picked one out of the uh, out of the seats. 
and uh, opened it up and flipped through to see what was there and saw some names I couldn't pronounce. And I saw Jeremiah and I thought, hey, that must be the bullfrog. I've heard the Jeremiah's bullfrog. <laughs> His story must be in there. I started looking for it. Jack. I couldn't find the bullfrog story. So <laughs> I gave up on the Bible and that was about it. But for and, and we would go to youth group. Um, you know, I was in high school, started dating my wife. So I started going to her church, which was similar to mine. It was uh it was very much a, a gathering, a fellowship community, but not so compelling in terms of truth. I would just phase out when they would talk about Jesus for a little bit and then tune back in a little later. But my wife had genuine conviction. She considered herself a Christian, but she didn't know a thing about it. I was much more of a thinker. I was studying to be an engineer, and that's you know the way my mind worked. And I actually ditched confirmation because I genuinely thought to myself, I don't want to confirm something I don't believe. I don't know anything about this belief, really. I couldn't tell you why Jesus died on the cross even. And so it's not my belief. I don't want to confirm it, and I want to be intellectually honest with who I am. But the conviction that came to me was really God speaking to me personally. I, I came to a place where I realized that I was not— really. I was trying to hide behind my science and my smarts, by saying this big word agnostic, saying that you can't really prove whether there's a God or truth or things like that. And I realized I never tried. And so I had this conviction to at least give it a try. If something as important as God and and ultimate truth and life after death, and things, I'll just give it a try. And so I sent up a prayer to God, if he was there to listen, to uh, to show me some truth. And he responded, and he brought me to uh, teachers who teach the Word, and, and he met me in my car of all places, started answering my questions with the Word, and I just opened up the Bible and started reading for myself. And I praise God that my wife went through a very similar journey at the same time. God was working on her heart. She felt this conviction that um, where she knew she had run away from God in a way uh, because she was always getting in trouble when her friends wouldn't, and she told God to stop getting her in trouble, and he did. And suddenly uh, she came to this realization that that was not a good thing. And she, she needed to start living out her faith and that we weren't. We were living together uh, before we were married. We were partying on Saturday nights, going to raves. And, and she just, a conviction came to her heart from the Holy Spirit. And praise God, by his grace, we were saved right about the same time. And it was right the time we got married. We were literally saved and married within a couple months of each other. Oh, wow. Wow. That's it was, great. Uh, yeah, it, was, it was quite a year, 1996. It was uh, oh, a wonderful year. I I was so overflowing with joy. I remember newly married, newly saved, and uh, and just graduating college, and the whole world was a different place. And I think I just walked around with a smile on my face for about a year. <laughs> well, that's that's awesome. You know, one of the things that that I think is really interesting about your story is how you you stress that God used radio to bring you to him. And, uh, and, I, and I can honestly say that growing up, having, you know, a, a dad who was a pastor and, uh, you know, a, a mom who was obviously a, a Christ follower and, and, and deeply in love with, with Jesus, um, Every time we drove anywhere, you know, we we had this little VW Bug. That was the car that we drove around in, like like so many right. people of of my age, right? Just the VW Beetle, and it only had yeah. an AM stereo in there. And uh, we would get Jay Vernon McGee. I don't know if you ever heard Jay Vernon McGee, but we would get yeah, him on absolutely. the radio. He's my hero. 
So, awesome. I mean, that that's what we would listen to almost every day back and forth to school was was listening to Jay Vernon McGee. So, I, I totally love to hear how God used radio just because uh, I've got such a connection to that as well. In fact, my whole reason for originally going to college, I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast or not. I, I went to Biola University, uh, which is a uh, Christian university in, in La Mirada, and um, I originally went there for radio because I loved radio. I love specifically morning shows, and I was like, all right, I want to get involved in radio, and and now, you know, here it comes full circle where I'm doing this podcast, and um, which is, you know, the new technology of the day is is podcasts as opposed to to radio. And Absolutely. I, I remember, yeah, and I, I got uh, converted to film. So I'd started with the intention of radio is what I'm going to go into, and then uh, it was combined that that emphasis was radio, TV, film, and of course, film was much more sexy and. And everyone loves film. But one of the things I remember one of my professors saying is he said that, uh, you know, we were talking about the dynamics of film, the fact that it's essentially a series of still photos that are shown at such a speed that it appears to the eye as movement and the brain interprets it as movement. And I remember him saying, I believe that that God specifically created this in man so we could utilize this medium of of being able to take advantage of you know the current technology of the day which was just film and now we've got film and all sorts of different uh, uh mediums where it's distributed via the internet and so on and so forth but um so i i can really resonate with uh with your your ideas of of radio tell us a little bit what do you think uh as far as technology is concerned how do you think um it can be used or or you're seeing it being used or um, you know, just basically to to bring the message of Jesus Christ and and bring the gospel to people. How do you think technology is going to play into that role, or you are seeing it play into that role? Other than obviously radio, which had an impact on you, and obviously me as well. Uh, this is huge. I think that radio is a platform, and there are other platforms as well. Uh, biblically speaking, there's a beautiful story in Ezra. Uh, sorry, Nehemiah, a story about Ezra in the book of Nehemiah in chapter 8. One of the greatest revival stories in the entire Bible, Ezra preaches what appears to be a six-hour sermon, although when he's preaching, there are some Levites who are sharing the message, and what they do is open up the Bible that they had at the time, open up the Bible, and teach it clearly so that the people could understand. And that's what met me. There were teachers who were teaching it clearly you could understand. In, uh, in verse 4 of chapter 8, there's a little verse that says Ezra stood up onto a, a wooden platform so that he was above the people so that the people could see him and hear his message. Just a simple platform. Doesn't seem like a major verse, but that platform was the difference between Ezra being heard by the people immediately in front of him and being heard by the entire congregation, all the people, uh, the Jews who had returned to, to Jerusalem at that time. And that that platform really spoke to me and working in in the in the radio world and the mobile world right now I, I hear the term platform quite a bit what what we say when we say radio is a platform what we mean is it is a a place for the speaker whoever's talking to get up onto it to be heard by a larger audience if you have a larger audience you need a platform to step up onto in that way radio is an incredible platform to reach the world i i've started up working with 
a great organization called Trans World Radio. They broadcast in over 200 languages. Uh, they broadcast J. Vernon McGee, among other things, in uh, in a couple other languages around the world. Their their footprint in radio covers uh, about three billion people. A fantastic organization, reaching a lot of people. Uh, churches start up around little radios in third world villages in a way that that people start hearing the word, then believing the word, and then following it, and pastors are raised up. It's really phenomenal to hear those stories in in a lot of places where the gospel is very hard to get in, and they're getting in in the local language. Now, in the same way, we have technology that is uh, growing today and reaching out into uh way beyond the first world into the second and third world in amazing ways. Cellular phones primarily. The world of mobile is growing faster than any other technology. And I believe that, and I'm convinced, mobile is a platform in the same way as radio, in the same way as that wooden platform in Nehemiah chapter 8, that allows the, the gifted teacher, that allows the Christian storyteller, the evangelist, the, those who are are gifted with the, the words, to step up onto that platform and reach an audience in, a, in proportions that have never been seen before. You know, it, it's interesting you mentioned J. Vernon McGee. I, I listened to J. Vernon McGee for years before I realized that he'd passed away. He's, he's a great Bible teacher, one of my favorites. But he, uh, I didn't realize this until about a year ago. J. Vernon McGee is the, translated into uh, into one or two, a lot of languages, over a hundred languages. I think it's about one hundred twenty wow. languages. And in that, he's broadcast all over the world. He is the most listened to preacher in the world. In fact, that means that he's probably the most listened to preacher in history. J. Vernon hmm. McGee is is speaking to the hearts of of more listeners and 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 believers and non believers than than anybody else in history. Now, what did J. Vernon McGee do? He what well, he was a he was a preacher in a pulpit. He he had a a, a church that he was leading at. But the uh, the through the Bible, you know, we said get on the Bible bus. His series through the Bible. He actually recorded after he had stepped out of the pulpit. He was recording specifically for radio. He recorded to his audience. He was biblical. That is essential. He he stuck to the word and was teaching the word. But he sat down with a microphone. Nobody in front of him didn't have a big audience to, to give him response. But he made a simple plan and recorded in a format that really fit the platform. He He made it to fit. And that has been used all over the world in an incredible way. And I, I think about that a lot. I see a separation between some of our, our best teachers who, who just see their pulpit and don't see the opportunity to, to reach out um, on not only the radio platform, but especially on the mobile platform, because the mobile platform is, is reaching in places where technology has never been before. People, uh, you know, tribesmen in, in Maasai tribe out in the, the outskirts of Kenya um, in, or and in places in, in Pakistan and Bangladesh and, and places uh, throughout Africa and Southeast Asia. I, you see pictures of people with their cell phones where no technology has reached before, and there's an opportunity there. Every time I, I see a picture of somebody or see, pass by somebody with their headphones on or just see them, there's an opportunity there. If we can get the gospel in there, if we can reach through that, that device, that, that, that's a platform, it's a very personal platform, it's an incredible opportunity for the gospel.
Well, and I think one of the things that you bring up is one of the things that a lot of people really don't like is the fact that everything does change with the exception, of course, of of God. But, uh, you know, I'm sure there were pastors that that recorded things and had them duplicated on eight track. I I don't know it as a fact. I've I've never. Well, actually, I did have an eight track when I was a kid, but I had a converter so I could play cassettes (laughs) on it. I mean, so I, I guess, you know, that was. Right at the, the the switchover, there's been plenty yeah, done on track. cassettes. Right, right, and yeah. and yet you know today I don't even know that you can really buy cassettes. Certainly not professionally produced ones in the United States. Maybe in other countries. I don't know. Um, obviously, everything's moving to the CD, and now it's moving past the CD. And now you're coming to like you're you're talking about the mobile platform. You've got podcasts. You've got uh, you know all of the the mobile as far as Androids, uh, iOS platforms, things of that nature, and and we're going to see some of this other technology phase out. And I think I agree completely with what you're saying. This other technology is is coming in. So absolutely, getting um, onto these platforms is incredibly important because. One of the things that I really personally enjoy about – I'm going to use the podcast as the example. I know this isn't uh, uh, exactly everything that you guys are doing. Um, you've got some really cool stuff that we'll get to here in a minute. But the podcast to me is one of the the most perfect mediums as far as consumption is concerned because right. it's on demand. It's when you're ready for it. And um, nowadays, cars are being produced – so you can literally plug your podcast right into it. And nice. I don't I, – I, I remember making the switch from cassettes to CDs in my car. You know, I went out and I finally bought a CD player because it was too hard to get cassettes and uh, put a CD player in my car. I don't literally remember the last time I listened to a CD because now it's all electronic. It's all on my phone. I literally plug my phone into my car. And when I drive somewhere, I hit the play button and boom, there you go. I've got the podcast right there playing. And I, I love that idea of consumption. There are a lot of people who, uh, when they work out, they listen to podcasts. Now, for me, when I work out, which granted is not very often, but when I do, I'd rather listen to music. I need something that's going to keep me energized and going. But right. um, but it's that that idea of, of using that technology. Um Tell us what are some of the stuff that you're doing and, and tell everyone specifically what you're doing with through the word.org because it's such a unique uh, platform. And I see the implication as far as how church planners can use it, um, how it can be used with the newly saved, with the unchurched. But just tell everyone about through the word, what it is, what it does, and where you guys are going with this. So, through the word is a mobile app, it's also a website through the word.org and through is spelled T H R O U G H uh, through the word.org and through the word is a daily Bible study that essentially works like an audio guide. The, the heart of the content is an audio guide in the sense of a museum audio guide. When you walk into a museum, if you don't know what you're looking at, then you go get those little headphones at the, at the entryway and you get a, a tour and it's an audio guide that walks you around the museum and it gives you just enough information. It's compelling. It's interesting. Somebody knows what they're talking about. It's not a college lecture. It's not a full sermon. But it really brings to life what you're looking at. So 
Our main content is what we call the Bible audio guide. We're recording those audio guides for every chapter in the Bible. And so essentially it comes down to you get your mobile phone out and you open up a Bible on your mobile phone. But while you're looking at the Bible, you have a pastor in your headphones that is walking you through it. Somebody who, who knows how to guide you through, somebody who's relatable and uh, and provides a compelling message, but gives you that, that background and information that you need, some application explain some of the prophecy, explain some of the uh, the names and things that really make the Bible come alive and interesting, and but in a short format. And this is one of the real keys that we get a lot of response on, and it was just one little idea that uh, that somebody gave me years ago. And I was thinking about a podcast, and uh, and I said, you know, I could record my, my Sunday messages, and I'll go through the Bible with it. And they said, why don't you do short, like 10 minutes? And uh, and he said, nobody does that. Everybody records their sermons and and just kind of chops them up. But why don't you actually record it for this? And that little idea really sparked something. And we get a lot of response from it. All of our audio guides are five to 10 minutes. And they are made for busy people. There's a reality that all of us deal with in busyness. And uh, in, interesting, we did some research and, uh, and looked into it uh, a couple of research uh, results we found the Barna group discovered um, a couple years ago they they polled Americans and found that two out of three Americans two out of three want to read the Bible more uh, only about ten percent of Americans are actually antagonistic towards the Bible they uh, most are positive towards it uh, a pretty good majority um, believes that it's spiritual or from God in some way they don't necessarily believe it's all true and Two out of three say they want to read the Bible more. Two reasons they don't. Number one they, is lack of time. That is the primary reason for that most people give that they don't read the Bible. You know, maybe it's an excuse, but they say they don't have time. That's a reality, though. And second, they say they don't understand it. So lack of time and difficulty understanding. If we could knock down those two barriers, we could reach a lot of people. And so we have a short Bible study, still has depth to it. We don't dumb it down, still has depth to it. And uh, and you can do it on the go. You can multitask, and that's what we get most often. Like you said, somebody says they're exercising, or I've got a 20-minute drive every day, and now I've got a solid daily, daily uh, Bible habit on my drive time. And for me, I've been busy all my Christian life. I've never had a period of non-business. So all of my Bible study is just audio messages that I, I put in my MP3 player, now my iPhone, but I wanted to provide something that had immediate access to it. And we get a lot of people responding from all over the world. I, it floors me that people say, I understand the Bible. This is so great. I'm into it every day and God keeps speaking to me. We get email from India and New Zealand. Just in the last week, we got email from South Africa, Switzerland, and a couple from the UK and, and all across the States, of course. And just the, this this little simple idea, uh, reaching an incredible number of people, it's an amazing what a little platform can do. That is really really cool. I mean, I, I didn't. I mean, I, you know, every time you get those emails from people who are who are in other countries, I don't know why it's always in other countries that we get so excited about that. Probably because we're like, wow, look exciting. at the reach. <laughs> but it is, yeah. I mean, I look at our stats, our our uh, Church Planner magazine has only been on the newsstand not even 13 days. I think we're at maybe like day nine or something. 
And we've already had people download that thing from China, from the Netherlands, from uh, countries I'd literally never even heard of in, in Africa. <laughs> and it's, it's stuff like that. You look at that and you're like, wow, that's kind of cool. You know, and I look at our podcast, that's been out a little bit longer. And so we've got a little bit more reach with that and all these other c- countries and things like that. But that is so, so cool because I know with talking to uh, Ryan, who's also uh, there with uh, Through the Word, um, I think he mentioned you guys have had like well over 40,000 downloads, right? Haven't you? Or something like that? Well, we get, uh, we have about, on the app itself of the, the app, we've got about 20,000 downloads of the app itself. We've also got our messages on version. Uh, a number of our, our messages are put in reading plans on you. Now, version is a great, it's basically a, the Bible app is uh, version. They, they just reached 100 million downloads, 100 million downloads. That's, that's a phenomenal number to think about. And with, with them, we've got uh, about 50,000 um, subscriptions to our reading plans there. I, I'm not watching the numbers all the time. I don't have great diagnostics to look at them because we're a fairly low-budget operation. But we get about, uh, about 90,000 message listens a month. 90,000 times that, that we get to preach a message, myself and some of the other teachers who are on there, 90,000 times a month that we get to preach to, to folks around the world. And that's pretty phenomenal. I, I, you know, just to put a little perspective, I started this, I was a church planner. I was in South Mississippi and, uh, and God called me there for a time. It was after hurricane relief and he called us to a small town and I loved it. I was faithful to it on a good Sunday, on a really good Sunday. We had about 30 people. And a wonderful place, and in that time and calling, that's where God had me. I'm not about numbers in a way that big numbers are more important than small numbers. I'm about faithfulness. But there is a, a calling that we have as a church to faithfully reach the lost of the world, to faithfully build up God's church all over the world. And the the opportunity, the, the fact that out of a small church, and we've only got uh, you know maybe seven guys who— uh, who've been working on, um, seven people who've been faithfully working on Through the Word at different times, and to have an outreach where we're getting 90,000 listens a month. Now, when I say we have a listen, it's not like people are flipping the station and happen to hear a little bit of it and move on and not really paying attention. I mean, somebody goes to their iPhone, opens it up, and says, this is my devotional time, hits the play button, and it's their time with the Lord that day. And, and then they come back again the next day and again the next day and growing in the word and in the Lord every day. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, that is. Now tell, first of all, I think it's important for everyone to know that it's a, it's a free app, right? There's, there's no cost associated with downloading the app or, or listening to it as it stands today. Yeah. Anybody can get it right now. In fact, uh, if you got a mobile phone, go to the app store and just type out through the word and it should come up first thing. T H R O U G H through the word. Our, our logo is a, a Bible with a little flame over it. Um, or if you don't even have, if you don't have a smartphone, you can get the daily study on the website. The website is made to look just like the app, so it's really a web app uh, at throughtheword.org. It's free. Our heart is to to reach. We want to reach, and that was really a, a big decision-making process. Thinking through: Do we charge for this and make it sustainable? Do we? Uh, reach more people, and our philosophy thus far has been: um, let's reach as many people as we possibly can. Let's let's get it out there. Let people not only 
use it for free, but share it for free. And that's a big deal. Anybody who uses it can immediately be sharing that message, uh, you know, share the message on Facebook, post something where, where they're getting their friends into the word. And, uh, and that's really essential to us. Um, it is, uh, it is more difficult to sustain something for and make everything for free. Uh, but we're, we're starting to build up a, a donor base and people are getting behind it. Um, it's, it's more work. It's a struggle that way, but we're going to reach more people and it's well worth it. Right. Right. Now walk everyone through what it is exactly. I mean, is it you're supposed to read the Bible first and then listen? Do you listen, then read? Is it all combined? I mean, you know, walk everyone through it so they can really get an idea of how this this particular app works and then how it can be used by church planners and perhaps with people who are brand new uh, to the Bible, maybe newly converted, okay. things like that. Absolutely. The, the app is designed to be straightforward and simple. One of the things that really guided our design at first was looking at Bible apps and software that we'd experienced and recognizing that most of them are designed for theologians, for Bible teachers, for and they are wonderful for what they are. They're fantastic. I like to use them. We wanted to make a, a Bible study app that was for average person, saved, maybe not saved, interested in the Bible, just needs help understanding it, and needs a way to do it every day. Our our motto is, uh, our, our mission statement, to equip the world to read the Bible, understand it, apply it, and make it a habit. Simple as that. So everything in the app is designed to be what we call next step simple. It's always obvious what the next step to take is. And, and like I said, while I'm talking here, you can go on your iPhone or your Android and download it right now. I'll, I will say the Android has a couple of bugs, and we got to get those fixed. So if it doesn't work on yours, I apologize. But, uh, but you can go download it right now, um, and that's only on some devices, I'd say. So here's how it works. Uh, the next step simple idea, when you open it up, the, the home page says that has, has the main button, today's reading. And so every single day, you are exactly one button, button push away from starting uh, on, on your listening. You're not fishing through uh, 5,000 commentaries, as wonderful as that is. Most people aren't looking at 5,000 commentaries every day, and I personally get overwhelmed by it when I open up Bible software. You are, are simply pushing today's uh, study, and then every day is three steps, three straightforward steps, listen, read, and journal. Step one, you listen to the audio guide. That's the pastor who's walking you through it. While you're listening, you can uh, have the Bible in front of you. He's going to read some of the main verses and and guide you through it, give some background, give some application, give some understanding and, uh, and get to the real heart message of the Word. Um, and so that's the audio guide. That step one is listen. Step two is read. We want you to read the Bible for yourself. And that's in audio, too, so you can really listen the entire time. But it's reading the Bible itself as opposed to a teacher. And we really want for the, the heart of the, the time there to be reading the Word itself. The teacher's job is to equip the Bible reader to understand it for themselves. And so the main message is not the teacher's message. The main message is the Bible's message. But it's more understandable when somebody's explained some things for you. So step two, step one is listen. Step two is read. And step three is journal. And I love Bible journaling. It's a response time. And you can type your journal directly into your device. You can actually go write down on in your own notebook. I do that. I actually personally am a paper person, uh, ironically enough. And I like to write down my journal. 
But in the app, you can type your journal in, you can record it, you can hit a record button and speak into your microphone and have your own audio journal through the Bible. And then that's it for the day. Uh, it walks you through all three steps, listen, read, journal, and you've got a solid Bible time. And then uh, you close it up, gives you a nice little satisfying check marks as you, you uh, finished your your devotion for the day. And then the next day, it'll bring up the next study. And there it'll be. If you want to go searching around, we've got audio guides uh, for... Uh, 11 books of the Bible posted now, and we're adding them regularly. And you can do that. You can search around the reading plan. We're going to be adding more features. This is our basic version at, at this point. So people email me all the time. Hey, can you do this? Can you do this? I say, yeah, that'd be great. We're working on the budget. But uh, but right now, it's it's got those simple basics to get a, a solid daily, daily study going. Yeah, and I think it's important to to understand that you're working on a, a uh, volunteer budget. I mean, you know, People are donating money, so it's not like you're charging for this thing. So right. w- when you're on that kind of a, a limited budget, there's literally only so much you can do. And believe me, no one understands that <laughs> more than me because I get it, man. I, I totally get that. So you've yeah, got 11 books. Church gets it too. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because church planners are always on a budget. My gosh. Absolutely. So you've got 11, 11 books so far, and is it all you, or are there other uh, pastors that are delivering these? I mean, how, how, how have you guys worked that part of it out? Well, it's uh, I've started recording them. My Personally, my primary gift is teaching, and I love to teach the Word, and that's what I do. I, the, I got into the platform building business. I happen to be an engineer as well. But I love the teaching of the word. And so I started recording. It was a very big decision for me when I came to a point of deciding, do I include other teachers or do I just want to use my gift on here? And the conviction that came to me was that I benefited so much from radio that I didn't just have one pastor. And I love my pastor. He's a great teacher. And I learned so much from from him. But because I grew up on radio as a young Christian, I had all these phenomenal teachers giving me different aspects of the word and giving me different points of view. And look, this truth is still the truth, but there was a, a difference in style delivery. There's a difference of personality, whether it be humor or storytelling or uh, really just clear explanation, truth telling. I love to get different pastors uh, and I benefited from that and I want to to pass that on. And so our philosophy is basically to find the best Bible teachers we can find uh, approach them with what we're doing. We're recording Bible audio guides for this app. We've got an audience. And uh, and to say, we, uh, we want you to record your favorite book of the Bible, a book that you really, you've taught several times, you know it in and out, you've got some of your best Bible teaching stories and, and analogies and such, object lessons. Bring that, but you've got to bring it in the short format because that is what's going to reach on mobile. And that is one of the biggest challenges for me is uh, is to to cast that vision for the Bible, the gifted Bible teachers, to see an audience outside of the pulpit. Now, the pulpit is essential ministry and should not be neglected in any way. But just as Jay Vernon McGee stepped uh, outside of the pulpit when he sat down to record for radio, and with that became the most listened to preacher in the world. Um. But that opportunity to preach to an audience that you have their rapt attention, you've got them connected, you're in their earbuds and, and they're, they're listening to you. But the way people think in mobile, it's not so much short attention span. I don't think that's it, although that might play into it. It really is that, that value time equation that goes through the mind. When you look at a YouTube video and you see 30 minutes, you say, I don't have it. But when you see 
Three minutes? All right, I can do that for a laugh. When you see seven minutes, well, if it's compelling and interesting, it's something I need, I can do. There, there's an equation that goes through your mind quickly. And if we're going to reach the audience through mobile, we've got to fit the format. And so that finding those teachers to record their, their favorite books and put them on there, once we get the whole Bible done in that way, we're going to have a phenomenal library through the entire Bible. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, one of the things, and in, in Peyton and I have shared this before on the, the podcast, I do marketing. I mean, that's my bread and butter. That's how I, I make a living. And most of the marketing that I do in one way or another is going to go online for something. So we're constantly doing videos for online consumption. And interestingly enough, one of the things that that we discovered, and it, I shouldn't say that we discovered it ourselves. Someone else actually did the research on it, but we discovered that it it held true in all of our uh, endeavors as well. Anytime people can see how long a video is, it takes down the amount of plays that you get of that video, which I thought was really interesting. So it didn't matter if the video said two minutes or it said 60 minutes. If they could see the number, it took it down. But whenever we could hide the number, so we used our own custom players where the number and how long you had left didn't actually show. We got more more views, which I always thought was was pretty interesting. So I, I definitely see people doing that when they look at the audio and they go, oh, well, gosh, you know, this audio is going to be an hour. Do I really have an hour that I want to to give to this? Um, I definitely know that's the way that people think when they look at that stuff because we see it in right. all of our marketing stuff. And you've got to know your audience. It's If you're reaching people who are already interested in what you have to offer, if you've got a podcast and they're already connected with it, you know, right now we're recording a longer podcast, but if people are finding value in it, they've got the attention span for it. They, they'll give it the time, especially because it's audio. They can get something else done. Somebody's probably doing their laundry right now while they're, they're listening to us. Then you give that the, the time that it's worth. And so in knowing your audience, so what we want to do is create short-form audio that um, for a daily Bible study, people say, okay, I, I, my goal is to get people who are interested in reading the Bible, already interested, and uh, I'd like to hook people who aren't, but I want to get people who are interested in, in reading the Bible to, uh, to get something that they would commit to every day. Yeah, I can do five or ten minutes every day. I can do that on my drive. And so I can get some depth there. Um, but as we begin to, to record, as we're starting to look into now, record stuff for people to share that you would just see something on a Facebook post. There's a connection to a little audio clip or video clip. And, uh, and your friend says that it was really interesting. Uh, check this out. Whatever the topic is, is kind of compelling to you. Um, we've got to make stuff that is one to two minutes. So people hit the play button and from there invites them to get some more information. You've got to know the audience that you're in. It's marketing. You got to know the audience that that you're reaching out to, and and meet them where they're at. And and that's that's not unbiblical to to meet somebody where they're at. The you know Philip met the Ethiopian on the road on his way while he he was going, and and to to connect with somebody on the subject they're dealing with right now. You see Jesus do that. You see Paul do that. That's that we've got to meet people at their felt needs and at their peaked interest, meet them in a way where they're going to hit the play button, but meet them in a way that invites them to more. Get them to today. And I can't just put out there, hey, I've got an hour long daily Bible study every day. It's really great. Who wants to check it out? You'd get people right. who are already in the Bible and who, who are already pretty well versed in the Bible. That's not the audience I'm after. I'm after people right. who 
some interest in the Bible, which is most Americans, and uh, maybe want to check it out, don't have that much time to commit to it, but it's worth checking out for a few minutes. And if it's something their friends said is compelling, they see it posted, hit a play button, it really met their needs that day, they can start a plan without committing to a whole lot. Now we've got people on a Bible ha- habit in a very simple way. One of the the things that we talk about in marketing, and I run a a monthly marketing meeting, and I'm constantly trying to hammer this home to people, is because I always say, well, you know, how long is too long for my video? How long is too long for my sales letter, for my ad, for this or the that? And I go, look, you're totally missing the point if you think it's the time length. You the the sin in marketing is you cannot be boring, and and that's actually it was interesting because. Uh, Peyton wrote an article for Church Planner Magazine on uh, preaching to the unchurched. And one of his rules, it was like rule number one or principle number one or principle number two was don't be boring. And what you're saying is in keeping them short, it's really hard, in my opinion, to be boring when you've got five to ten minutes on you know a specific subject. Because you're, you're – I mean, especially when we're talking about the Bible, because there's so much that that is there that you're really getting to the meat of it. And it's just you're not giving it enough time to be boring. Whereas when you're doing an hour long, you're going to lose some people because there are going to be some points that are a little bit slower than others. So I, I definitely agree with that. And I, I like what you guys are doing with that. Absolutely. Yeah, five to ten minutes is a real challenge for me. I am a long-winded teacher. Not so much long-winded. I could just teach for a long time. I worked with youth and I found that I had ability to keep attention for up to an hour. You know, I can keep kids interested. I mix up stories. I actually get them up and active sometimes. I get them responding. And the Bible is, I am personally fascinated by it. I am really compelled by it, and I share that. And so I can preach an hour study, and, you know, my kids wouldn't fall asleep. And, and you know, praise God for that. But five to ten minutes was this really new thing for me. So it was very personally challenging, but I recognized the reality that I'm, I want to get people on a daily Bible habit, and I have to stick it. I have to get it short. Every single study that, that I write when I'm doing them is a real painful process of cutting, cutting down. But when I get to the meat of it, I and I listen to it, I say, wow, it, it really just nailed right to the heart of that message. And it forces me to really think, what is the heart of the message that God had when he in mind in delivering this chapter of the Bible. When I'm open-ended, I can go in so many directions. Oh, the Holy Spirit led me here and there to teach this and that. And that, that's well and valid. But in that format of five to 10 minutes, I'm forced to get right to the heart message. And if I have a story or a joke, it's got to relate right to that heart message and open it up in a succinct way. It forces me to be uh, precise with my words. It uh, it causes me to, to really seek after uh, um, word pictures that paint a picture so quickly and vividly in about whatever the topic is, but to open that up in a, in a short way. And I love it. It's a real challenge to, to get it done, but it's definitely never boring for, for me preparing it. And, and I certainly hope that the, the product is not as well. Now, what are some of the other areas that, that you see technology playing a role in how, uh, the gospel can be spread, or are you so focused on the app that you haven't really had a chance to look out and see some of the other stuff? Because I know that happens with myself. I get so, you know, into my my little thing. But I'm just curious if you see other potential uh, of what's on the horizon 
with technology that that people can take advantage of to to spread the gospel, or what your thoughts are on that? Uh, that's a good question, and I personally see a lot. I, I'm always visionary minded. I'm always looking, uh, you know, a couple of steps ahead of where we are right now to see what's possible. It actually relates pretty closely to a question that uh, that, I, that I skipped accidentally. You asked earlier, what can uh, what can churches do and church plants do to to utilize what we're doing? Ultimately, my heart is the building up of the larger church. I, I'm not interested in having my own little um, kingdom in this one little app that's about me or something like that. I see a, a, an opportunity to reach the world in a phenomenal way um, in numbers that are unprecedented in what in terms of what you can do in uh, a technology platform technology has has long played a major role in in kingdom expansion since the time uh, of print and even before that with roads um but over the years with uh, with radio and television and um and internet now primarily in mobile um there's so much opportunity there my hope is to to really be a part of moving the church into uh, utilizing these as as a, a primary tool for for reaching out uh, at the audience. Uh, a lot of times, what we have now, what, as I look around at the church, we've got a lot of individual churches who are saying, "Oh my goodness, look at the opportunity of internet! Look what we can do through mobile." And uh, and then they look around and say, oh, "We got to get somebody to do this." And so they'll they'll get a church app that you know has their logo on it, has their messages on it, and they they get an audience. Um, which is fantastic. Now, for the most part, I'd say the majority of the audience that most churches reach through their church app is their own church and and connections and people who, you know, folks who are, are walking around or, or, you know, walking out of a bar aren't thinking to themselves, I need a church app right now. They, the, the folks who are on there are Christians who are looking to, to find more, more messages and stuff. Um, radio has a, a way of invading, like for me, because I accidentally came across it. Um, but there's a lot of opportunity there. Now, what I hope to do is equip churches to do more uh, without having to look inward and, and say, you know, we don't have any programmers. We don't we don't have we can't afford to suddenly innovate a whole new uh, Bible app or, or Bible study app. You know, we can we can create a website and we got somebody to do that. We can put our messages online. But there's so much more that can be done. Uh, so we got some ideas that that we're working on. Um, and that's what I said. We, we started meeting up with Transworld Radio, a great organization there. But to really use mobile as a platform for all that it's worth. Uh, mobile should not be an, an also-ran ministry, as in it shouldn't be, yeah, we got all these other ministries. And, yeah, we, got, we got a couple guys that, that tinker around with, uh, with mobile ministry. If we approach mobile as a church, as, as the kingdom of Christ, with uh, some entrepreneurial spirit, uh, with looking around for some of the gifts in the church for um, some some folks who are really talented in what normally you'd consider secular gifts but have such incredible kingdom potential, whether it be uh, engineering or programming, uh, uh, project vision and project management, and to uh, to approach the opportunities of Internet and mobile with some of those gifts and build a phenomenal platform that effectively not only gets the message out, but mobile creates the opportunity for connectedness. It creates opportunities for, uh, for real live um, connection, Wh- whether you connect the message with a, a chat, which we're, we're going to be adding on soon, 
uh, to our site so that people can connect immediately, uh, find a church in your area, listen to pastors in your area. One of the things we want to do is is create um, ways where one you can find uh, somebody and listen to them. Let's say let's say you want to find a church in your area, you immediately find uh, you listen to their message and uh, and then you can listen to the testimony of somebody there and, and not only read and read some reviews and and connect with people. There's so much that that can be done there that we're not utilizing yet. Wow, that's that's really. I love where your mind's at with that. I mean, that's, I think that's exactly what it takes. And one of the things that, that you mentioned earlier that is just, uh, to me, it is such an important point that almost everyone misses when it comes to marketing. And whether you're marketing the church or you're marketing your business, you hit it right on the head when you said, you know, someone who's just walking out of the, the bar is not thinking, I need a church app. And that's right. That to me, you understand the heart of it because in marketing, we say you've got to get into the mind of your prospect, the conversation that's already taking place there and meet them where they're at. And then you can start telling them about your solution to their problem. But if you just start telling them, hey, look, I've got the solution, but they don't even know what the problem is that that solution is addressing. It, it's water off a duck's back. I mean, they're, they're never going to make that connection. And I, I think you yeah. hit it right on the head with that. They're not looking for the church app. So we got to figure out what are they looking for and then how can we bring them into this, you know, once we find out what they're looking for, if that makes sense, what I'm trying to say. But um, yeah, we started thinking in, in exactly that direction, what you said of getting into their mind uh, and meeting their needs. One of the things that the internet does is it allows for so many voices to get onto that platform, and the, the question is how do you how do you get your voice to the top? How do you how do you reach when there's so many opportunities? There? Radio is limited. There's only so many. I mean, there's a lot of radio stations, but it's still limited, much more than the internet. And uh, right, and so you can put a message out there, and people are going to stumble across it if it's compelling. Well, with with mobile, you can on your phone, you can search for an answer and find it. And if it's not compelling within a few seconds, you go to another one. And people call that short attention span. I just think it's human nature. If, if the answer is not compelling right away or if you look at it and it's going to take you an hour to listen to the message that has this answer, you go find something faster. At, uh, and if it's compelling, then you give it some more time. And so getting in into the head now, right now, what we're doing through the word is going to be and is effective with people who want to read the Bible and want a simple way to get into it. And we're effectively reaching a lot of them. And that's a great ministry. And I want to keep doing that. If we want to to really reach out, we've got to get in the way of people right where they're at. If we can bring compelling Bible answers to the questions they're asking, we're going to get a lot more listeners. Case in point, very simple, straightforward. I talked to the people at Uversion. Um, we were teaming up with them, providing their, their first audio messages, audio reading plans, and uh, and asked them, and, you, and they're big on reading plans. They got a few hundred reading plans on there. What are you most popular? So most popular are relationships and uh, and negative emotions. Those are their big two. Relationships meaning either they have a marriage study or a uh, dating study, something like that. Negative emotions, they've got some on there for anxiety or depression or anger and dealing with those things. Okay, now those two issues are not the totality of life, but if that's meeting somebody where they're at, so we recorded a marriage series. It was a biblical marriage series. It's what the Bible has to say about marriage, but it was, we call it love, romance, and marriage. 
And we got more hits on that by a long shot. We got multitude more on that than anything else we did. I did a Luke series and I did an Ecclesiastes series and those are both on there. But I knew that people aren't going to go, I want to read Ecclesiastes. That sounds fantastic. I think Ecclesiastes is phenomenal, but the name could make you fall asleep. And, and by doing the marriage series, well, we're meeting a need. And there's a whole lot of people who say, I need help with my marriage. I'm not anti-Bible, but I don't like know where to look in the Bible. But if I found Bible answers to marriage, I'd listen. And by doing that in a compelling way, suddenly we have a whole lot of people who listen to the marriage series say, that was actually really compelling. At the end of every study, there's an invitation. Hey, go check out the Through the Word app and check out more of our studies. So we're getting all these email from people who said, hey, I listened to the marriage series, found you on version. Now I'm in the Word every day. Listen, I love your stuff. And that's really cool. We met them where they were at, what they were looking for. There's a lot more that we can do that way. What if we could put together the top 100 questions that people are asking online that have any spiritual relation and compile the best answers not just one guy has with his one website, but compile the best of answers from the best of Bible teachers to answer those questions and let people ask their questions and find really compelling answers, allow the users to raise the best answers to the top without creating some wide open forum where any anybody can say any weird thing and end up in an argument. But if, if we do that well, meet people's needs, they're going to keep coming back to that site. They're going to keep coming back for more answers. If, uh, if we've met them, if we answered well, and then if we invite them from there to step into, why don't you start digging into the Word every day? You know, all these answers you keep finding are, are, connect, are part of the Bible. How about try out a, a daily Bible study and tr- start with something simple. Just read through Luke with a, a simple daily study. Then we're meeting people where they're at. We're bringing them onto a path, inviting them to, uh, at some point, inviting them to, to follow Christ and become a part of it, inviting them immediately to share the messages they're hearing, and then get them into a daily habit where they're really growing in discipleship. You know, it to me, it's so cool hearing what you just said, because it actually speaks directly to an article that I just wrote for uh, issue number two of Church Planner Magazine, which isn't out yet, Um where one of the things that I'm addressing is, in my opinion, which is pretty considerable when it comes to marketing, most church marketing misses the mark completely. And part of that is because of what you talked about earlier. We are trying to take the church app to the guy who's coming out of the bar going, I've got a church app. And they're going, so what? They're totally missing it. So one of the things I actually gave in there as an example is... Let's say you were doing a series, if you will, on marriage. So I basically said, here's how I would do a postcard to reach the community. And the headline would be something along the lines of seven ways to stop your divorce, even if you think it's impossible or totally hopeless. And, you know, bullet point after bullet point after bullet point, because what you're doing is you're hitting people where they're at. They're in pain. They're looking for a solution, and you're saying, I've got a solution. Now, what we don't say in that postcard is, you know, seven ways the Bible says to stop your divorce, or, um, you know, Jesus said that, because that's not what they're looking for. Now, that doesn't mean you don't preach the gospel. I mean, you preach the gospel, because if you really want to know how to stop your divorce, that's where you start, and you can end the discussion right there. That, that's where you can really get into it. But we got to get them in the door. We got to talk to them with the conversation that's already going on in their mind, 
And then once they're open to us, now we can start presenting the gospel and they will be open to it. But if we don't get them in the door, so to speak, whether that be listening to us online or or literally physically coming through our doors, then they're never going to hear the message to begin with. So, I mean, to me, it's just refreshing hearing you say that because I agree completely. You are what you're talking about is reaching into their mind and addressing the conversation that's already going on. And that's, that's it. That's, that's the key. You want to start reaching more people. There's an easy way to do it. It's, it's reaching into that conversation and joining them where they're at. Yeah. Meeting people. It's huge. And I am a very balanced person in this because what is not compelling to me is a church that is all felt needs. Because I, I think that to some extent I was there. That part of what made my church boring was that they never really got to to truth, uh, and there was no you know teaching through the Bible. I was amazed, floored, when just simply teaching through the Bible met so many of my needs and connected with me. But interesting, the thing that really hooked me right at first was right where I was at. One of those Bible teaching shows on the radio happened to be talking about science for a little bit. That's where I was. That piqued my interest. That kept me coming back every day because I was a science guy and I was into that. And when I thought about spiritual things, I immediately thought science. And if you weren't going to talk science, then you weren't speaking my language and, and I didn't connect with it. But uh, then I heard this evidence of creation stuff. It was phenomenal. And suddenly my mind was open. Well, years later now, I'm not all about science in the Bible. That's not my main thing. But they had to meet me there first then I realized that all the answers they were providing were in the Bible. And then I was listening to the rest of this Bible teaching, and I heard about Jesus on the cross, and I, I heard the gospel, and I heard just teaching through, it was actually through Exodus and the Passover, and the stuff was amazing to me. But there has to be that first hook. If we're going fishing, they've got to bite the bait first. And you got to bring them in, and you can't do a bait and switch. you got to give them the bait and meet that need of why they bit, and they say, that was good. Now you're not, you know, it's not fishing in the sense of killing them, of you know, hooking them in and say, "Aha, I tricked you into biting it." It's fishing in the sense of of putting out something that say, "Yeah, I'd bite on that." And when they come in, they say, "Wow, this is really, this is the place, this is the aquarium that I want to be in." And here's where my answers are. And now that I'm here, it's not just truth, but there's love and and there's connection and, and there's hope and all the things that I really needed in this place. But you got to get get a reason to to walk in the door. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Chris, man, I appreciate you taking this time with us. We're, uh, we're at the end of our time, but um, I, I think you've really delivered some, some great information, some great value on this, this podcast. And I, I just want to, again, thank you for taking the time to do this and encourage everyone, if you've got an iPhone or an Android, download the app through the word, T-H-R-O-U-G-H, through the word, um, or you can go to the website through the word.org and you can apparently uh, listen to everything there. I haven't actually listened to it on the website. I've only listened to it on the, uh, um, actually I think just the iPad. I don't even think I've listened to it on the iPhone. In fact, I don't even think I was aware you could listen to it on the iPhone. So that's kind of cool. Go. I'll have to check that out. But, yeah, uh, again, app, Chris, say that again. Yeah, we we got our apps are on tablets and and phones and and iPods as well. And uh, I would invite anybody who uh, who heard what I said and want to connect with me. Um, you can there's a, a contact page on the on the website. You can contact there. Uh, you can email me info at through the word dot org. Info at through the word dot org. 
One of the things I really love to do would be equip your church to to share it. We can send you a stack of flyers. I can send you a overhead slide and uh, really hoping to to head out on tour and and share the opportunity. Um, you know, not tour in, in like the big concert sense and in, in more of the sense of go visit some local churches and church plants plants and uh, and get some people not only hooked into it but behind it. It really is uh, a mission field that we're part of, but it's the kind of mission field where if we share it with your church, they can immediately get into the word every day and they can immediately start sharing it with their friends uh, because it is as simple as, hey, I checked out this app, posted on Facebook, and suddenly they are connecting the the word with their friends. It's really a phenomenal thing. Well, great. Well, thanks, Chris, for that. I appreciate your time. And uh, everyone, check it out. And if you want to connect with Chris, he just gave you the info on how to do it. So, Chris, again, thanks for uh, doing the podcast. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. dot com.